I'm excited we're entering our second week of our fast. Congratulations to those who are fasting during the corporate 21-day fast. If this is your first year to ever do it, you're probably discovering some new things about yourself. Uh, It seems like to me, from the phone calls and the emails and the messages I receive from our people, and including my own life, that that first week is generally the hardest week of all. And I want to encourage you, if you're in that fast, if you're, maybe you're doing a complete fast or you're doing a Daniel fast or a partial fast, you know, maybe you're fasting Monday, Wednesday, Friday, complete, and then you're eating the rest of the days. I don't know what your fast looks like for you. Whatever it looks like for you. If you can make it through week one, you can make it through week two. If you can make it through two weeks, you can make it through three weeks. Before you know it, 21 days will be here and uh, you'll be much more spiritually in tune with God. You'll notice that your spiritual senses are heightened, that you're hearing God a little more clearly, that you'll see God is speaking to you and, and you're listening. And most importantly, what we're going to be talking about today is that you're being obedient to those things that God is calling you to, to bring about life change. Now, what we did the very first Sunday of this year, just a couple of weeks ago, We really began talking about life change, right? We agreed together. We stood in a moment at the end of that service, those that were here, and we stood together. We prayed together. We agreed together that 2014 would look different than 2013. And I'm asking you already two weeks in, what are you doing truly to make 2014 different than 2013? Now, if you're answering that with a big, I don't know. If you're doing that, then then obviously you're not doing anything to make 2014 different look different than 2013. Because I believe at the heart of a lot of us here today that if we have a repeat this year of last year, things are going to fall apart. Last week, some of you raised your hand when I asked you, hey, for some of you, is this a make it or break it year? And a lot of you raised your hand. You said in some significant way that this is a make it or break it year. I see your faces. I remember some of you raising your hands. That was one week ago, seven days ago, A lot of us raised our hand and we said, Pastor Matt, including me, in some significant way, that this is a make it or break it year. Either either it's made or it breaks. Either I make it or I break it. And and so I'm asking you, what are we doing? What are we going to do different? What what does different really look like for us? You see, for each and every one of us, different looks different, right? Your faith that you're walking out with fear and trembling is different than my faith that I'm walking out with fear and trembling. The fast that God has called your pastor to may be different than the fast that he's called your family to or that he's called you to, that he's called my almost now 13-year-old daughter. She's turning 13 in a couple of weeks. It's crazy. Somebody say it's crazy. Yeah, so we need to have a, a, a moment of prayer. I'm going to lay hands on myself right now in the name of Jesus, you know. But my 13, 12-year-old daughter, we're going to keep her 12 as long as we can. In the name of Jesus, you know, slow down time. Uh, her fast that she's doing to God, it looks different for all of us. What God is calling us to. Are you with me today, Crossroads Church? So our, what, what God is speaking to our hearts, because what your breakthrough is right now is not my breakthrough. It is not maybe even your spouse's breakthrough. It's okay to be married to someone and your breakthroughs look different. I do believe that there are some couples and some marriages in here today that you need a you need a corporate home breakthrough, right? You need something uh, that, that your family, the bubble that your family lives in, you need a breakthrough for. But it's okay to be married to someone and your husband's breakthrough or your wife's breakthrough is different for yours. Your life change, right? Things to look different. 
What I'm saying all of this is because if we're not careful, it's easy to get caught up in someone else's breakthrough, to look across the aisle, to see someone at church, and to see their process. And, and when you're in a moment, trust me, I've walked this before. When you, when you need a breakthrough and you look across the aisle and, and, or you see someone come up for prayer and right they're up here, they're worshiping and they're praying and you see them getting your breakthrough and you're sitting right there saying, God, I need the same breakthrough. Why is it that you're, they're breaking through and I'm not breaking through? Has anyone ever felt that before? Just be real today. For all that raise your hand, bless, bless you in the name. For all the liars in here, we'll have an altar call later. I mean, it's frustrating to see someone else being blessed and you're doing all the things that God's called you to do and you say, God, why am I not being blessed like that? I mean, here they are. We sat right behind them at church. Is that aisle a little more blessed? Actually, the front section is. I mean, it just is. You know, it's it's the splash zone, right? You know, it's a Holy Ghost splash zone. Get ready. Like you're a, you're a Sea World or something, or you know, we went to the Blue Man Group uh, last week, and if you sit too close, you got to cover up because they, you know, there's a splash zone of blessings. No, seriously. And, and you're sitting in church, you're here week after week, you're doing the fast, and you're saying, God, where where is my breakthrough? I love you as much as they love you. I, I want to please you as much as they want to please you. How is it that they're getting their breakthrough, and I'm not getting my breakthrough? And if we're real honest with ourselves. We, we get frustrated with the process of the blessing. The, the, the process, think about that, the process of the blessing. Let me say that again. The process of the blessing. Somebody say that out loud. The process of the blessing. Say it again. The process of the blessing. Now, I'm going to get real serious because I'm going to sit down and make this a little more serious. And I'm going to talk a little quieter. You know, when my wife was pregnant with our, with our children, I, I, I took on sympathy weight for her. Um, I did that out of sympathy for her. I was like, you know what, you're gaining weight, I'm going to gain weight too, bless God. Um, but in all seriousness, the process of a blessing. When, when, we, when we became pregnant with Roxy the first time, you know, obviously, hopefully like, Anybody that becomes pregnant with children, you're excited, right? You're like, yay, we're excited, you know. Hopefully that's a good thing. And we were excited just like any other parents probably would be. And I remember those nine months how we were prepping and we were planning and we were strategizing. And there wasn't a day that went by as a father that I wasn't thinking about being a father for the first time. And I mean, it was just on my mind all the time. Man, this is going to be so amazing. What's it going to be like? And, and uh, I began to talk to other fathers. What do I need to do now? I began to ask my dad, what do I need to do to be a father? You know, now I'm getting ready to put on the dad coat. What does that look like? You know, uh, I've got the husband coat on, but the dad coat I'm getting ready to put on. And so for nine months, we began to strategize. We began to think about what that blessing is going to look like. And, and I, for nine months, we began to just pray about it. God, help us to be the best parents we can be. We began to buy every devotional we could for that they had for parents. We had stacks of devotionals, seriously, of how to be a good, good parent. You know, uh, paint your room blue, paint the room pink, and that'll make you a good parent. And, and do this at night, and, and do this during the day, and, and pray, over, pray over during the... So I did everything that I needed. I lay hands on her belly, and in the name of Jesus, you know. And we prayed, and, and we did... All the silly things that you think parents are crazy about doing, 
we're those people. We put head, I put headphones on our belly. We played uh, 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 classical music and Mozart and, and uh, you know, everything that I saw that we were supposed to do, we would do. We just did. And then when they started talking about there were going to be some complications towards the end of that process, I would be lying to you if, if I wasn't a little frustrated with God. I said, whoa, 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 God, stop for a second. How is it that you're, how, how is there a flaw in your blessing? Because I don't connect those dots. God, you, you promised me something. You're getting ready to bless me. I'm getting ready to receive a blessing. And now that, now there's a flaw, that you're, now there's something wrong with your blessing? I don't understand that. You need to help me connect these dots. Has anyone raised your hand you've ever been in that moment in life before? Okay, I'm not the only one. Good. I'm speaking to some people this morning. That's good. And so you know that you have a blessing. You know that you have a breakthrough. But it's the process of the breakthrough. It's the process of the blessing that frustrates us the most. We know it's coming our way. We know we heard from God. As clearly as you're hearing me talk, you heard the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to you. But it's the process of it. And often, doesn't it seem like it's long and it's drawn out and it's hard and it's arduous and it's difficult and it's challenging and it's frustrating and it's debilitating and it's, it, it, it's distracting and, and it's the blessing. It's the promise. It's the promise. And it's the process of the blessing that I think is where we're at today for a lot of us. We know what God's promised us. We know what he's told us. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, if the world were to stand up and oppose you and you had to stand alone, you would know the promise that God gave you. But it's the process that you're frustrated with. You know that he's a God of breakthrough. You know that he's a God of new beginning. You know that he's a God that still does miracles today. You know that he's a God that still heals today. You know that he is a God of the Old Testament, right? You know he's a God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob. These are the things that you know, but it's the process of the blessing that has you weighted down. The process of the blessing, getting to the blessing, getting to the breakthrough. It's those nine months watching her belly grow, watching the baby kick, looking at the sonogram, and then getting right to that moment and to hear the doctor say, you know what, there's going to be some complications. What do you, God, the, the blessing, the process, the, 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 the miracle, the, 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 the breakthrough, how can there be a flaw in your design? I don't understand that. But isn't it beautiful when we give our emotions over to God? This is where a lot of us are. It's not our faith that we need to struggle. We're not struggling in our faith. We believe. Because you're here today. You believe enough of God that you find value in getting your family to church. Getting yourself dressed and getting your rear end up early and putting your cheek in the seat. You get that. You're here. Let's be real. All right? So you, it's faith is not your struggle. Faith is not your struggle, and it's not the knowledge of God and that God can do these things. It's the balance of your emotions in the process, right? It's not being on the roller coaster of life through the getting to your blessing and your breakthrough. You know God's going to bless you. 
beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know that there's a breakthrough for your marriage, for your home, for your finances, for your job, for your career, for your children, fill in the blank. You know it's there. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to bring balance and harmony to your emotions. The promise of the breakthrough, the promise of the blessing, but there is a process, church, that you can't deny. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't deny the process. When you shortcut the process, bad things happen. Bad things happen. That baby has to be in the incubator for nine months. I don't know why nine months. I don't know why God designed it nine months. He just did. Take it up with him, ladies. He just did. We know why it's going to be painful. Look back in Genesis. The Bible says that uh, you're you're going to suffer through childbirth because of our sin. Now, I mean, Adam's fault, Eve's fault, I don't even know. You guys fight that out at home later. But the process, nine months, there's a process to it. And so then, then, man, when she came and we were just ecstatic and and we cried when she was born. And, and, uh, you know, even though she was a tiny little thing and, you know, they... Uh, we just, we just, we just were, ex- we were excited. And we were, we were ecstatic. We were, we were excited. They were here. The, the blessing came. The promise. And then when you're able to see that, when you're able to see it, and you're able to hold your blessing, you're able to hold your breakthrough. Right? It's tangible. And you, you can see it, touch it, taste it, whatever. You know, when you see it and, and you can hold it, uh, you, it's just not denied. It, right? You've entered into what that thing that God has called you. And then when we became. I say we like I, I'm pregnant too. When Holly became pregnant with our second child, Harrison, in the process getting to that, through the surgeries and the miscarriages and the shots and the in vitro and, and all of these processes that I had to watch my wife go through, I, I, I sat on the sidelines and watched her suffer in silence. And I remember we would pray. We said, God, we want another son. And, and we, we would just, uh, another child. And we, we didn't care at that point if it was a boy or a girl. We just, we just know that, that God was going to add to our family. But we didn't know how he was going to do it to, to us, church. We didn't know how he was going to bless us. Listen, somebody say the process. And man, we went through a process trying to have Harrison. Those that are close to us, our church family, you remember that, how difficult it was. We have couples in our church here today that you have miracle babies. Terry and Sarah Hank, are you here in the house today? I was looking for you. I didn't see you. Man, we as a church, we prayed for them. Remember how we prayed for that couple to have that baby and that miracle baby came? And, and the, but the, the, the process of the blessing, getting to the blessing, getting to the breakthrough. And it's the process that you're in and that you're struggling. Listen, I'm not guaranteeing that in these 21 days that you're going to see the breakthrough that you want to see. That is up to God. He is sovereign. I trust him in those moments. But I do believe that there is a process that through this fast, over these 21 days, that we can initiate something, right? We can give a spark to something. I believe that we can give something some momentum, right? Like the law of inertia, that the law of gravity, that these things, that once we get them happening, that this thing is going to stay in motion until something causes it to stop. Are you with me today? And I believe that in your spirit, that right now God is saying there is some momentum that you are gathering. And don't deny the momentum that you're catching right now. That if your spirit has been lifted now, that if in this, as I've been talking, some of you, that your spirit's encouraged, that the Holy Spirit is telling you right now, that you're gaining some traction, you're gaining some momentum, and that you need to catch on to that momentum today. Look at your neighbor and say, get on the train. 
catch that momentum today. Some of you are catching some momentum for your life. You're catching some momentum right now, amen? Momentum is a beautiful thing, isn't it? It's like when something gets rolling, chugga, 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 choo-choo, chugga, 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 choo-choo. Everybody do it with me. Chugga, 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 choo-choo. Listen, your train is leaving the station. That's what's happening. Man, there's been some coal added to your fire. And the devil doesn't want you getting in a momentum. He wants you staying stuck like Chuck. He doesn't want you to get any momentum. But give God praise right now because you're gaining some momentum. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He says, therefore, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a sacrifice, alive, holy, and pleasing to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this present world. But what does it say? Say it out loud. Everybody say it out loud. But be transformed by what? So that you may test and approve what is the will of God, what is good and well-pleasing and perfect. How do we get the momentum? How do we get to that breakthrough? That we don't become like this world, but we become transformed. Like transformers. We become transformed. You want me to do that again? Transformed by the renewing of our mind. My heart is not in a battle to believe God, but my mind is. My heart is already sold out to God. But it's my mind that's got to get on board through this process and say, God, I'm going to allow you to work in this process. I'm not going to walk by faith, excuse me, by sight, but I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to walk by what I believe in my heart, what my spirit tells me. Amen? Even though I'm walking through the wilderness or the valley of the shadow of death, wherever you're at, look at your neighbor and say, there is a miracle in your process. I'll say it again like you believe it. There is a miracle in your process. Give God a praise today in this house. Hallelujah. If you're taking notes today or maybe you're looking on the Bible app, the notes are there for you. Information plus application equals transformation. I've said this many, many times. I'm going to continue to say it all year. Information plus application equals transformation. Now, you saw on the video, Megan, our worship leader, told you I was going to give you three things. Here they are real quick. In my first closing, just kidding. <laughs> Some of you are like, what? Wake up. Did you hear what you said? Write this down. Obedience. You want three steps to a successful fast? Here they are. Number one, obedience. You have to be obedient. This Listen, this is where rubber meets the road. This is when we leave church today and we get in our car, we go home, and there's no band, there's no pastor, there's no lights, there's no stage. We, we take off our church clothes, we get in our yoga pants or whatever you change into. Now, I don't change the yoga pants, I'm just saying, but whatever, whatever. But, you know, you put on your gym shorts, you know, whatever, you lounge around. But you, 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 you get into that mode at home. And are you going to be obedient with what you're saying amen to? Am I as a pastor going to be obedient with what God is speaking to me? When I hear the Holy Spirit, that's, that's where this comes out to. Are we going to be obedient to God's stuff? Are we not just going to say, oh, amen, yes, praise God, woo, 
bless God and speak in tongues for a little bit? Or are we going to go home and tomorrow and be obedient to what God is saying? So when he tells you, not when he tells your spouse, and you don't need a word of confirmation, and you don't need to lay a fleece out before God, you just hear God speak, and he's saying, I'm telling you right now, if you want 2014 to look different than 2013, this is what you got to do. And you say, all right, God, here it is. You can have it. You can have it. Whatever it is, you can have it. Say it out loud. God, you can have it. Whatever he's asking you to do, whatever he's asking you to give, God, you can have it. You want my marriage? Here it is. I'm tired of trying to fix it. Here it is. Take it. You want my finances, God? Here it is. Take it. Fix it. Get me out of debt. I got myself in debt, but I'm trusting you to help get me out. Here it is. God, here are my kids. I can't raise them alone. I need some help. Here it is. You can have it, God. You know what? I've got an addiction. God, here it is. I'm addicted to this. I'm addicted to that. Maybe it's two or three things. And here it is. God, here it is. You can have it. God, you can have this. Are you with me today, church? God, you can have it. Give it away to him. Give it away to him. The cross is not so you can keep stuff, by the way. The cross is not so you can hang on to your junk. The cross is so you can give stuff to him. That's why he died for you. So you can have life and liberty and be free in this life and not be weighted down by stuff. Amen? So that you can live a happy and joyous life. But church, we've got to be obedient to it. We've got to say, okay, God, I know it's, gonna, it's not going to be easy. I know it's going to be tough. But God, you can have it. Here it is. This addiction, this thing that I'm struggling with, God, you can have it. I'm tired of trying to fix my spouse, trying to fix my husband, trying to fix my wife. God, you can have it. Maybe it's you that needs to be fixed. Now let's move on. Number two, stewardship. It's an issue of stewardship. And I don't mean money right now. I mean stewardship over your life. You get one body. Do you realize that? You get one body in this life. You get one mind. Some of you get nine lives, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can give God praise right there. That's okay. God's given you like ten chances already. Listen, are you going to be a good steward over the things that God has given you? If you're a parent in here today, my challenge to you is, are you a good steward over your kids? Do you hold them to unrealistic expectations? Do you treat your kid like like an adult? Let's let our kids be kids. We're adults. We know how difficult and challenging it is. Let's let them be kids. Let's let them run in church. Let's let them be loud. Let's let them be silly. Come on. Trust me, God is not going to strike us down if our kids run in church. They may fall and hurt themselves. I busted my head open when I was a kid. My dad was like, don't run to church. Don't. <laughs> Told you. That was prophetic. Gospel truth. I really did. <laughs> Running in church one day. Hit my head on the heater, space heater, and busted it open. But anyway. Stewardship. Are we a good steward over our marriage? We get, well, I'm not going to say we get one marriage, but uh, <laughs> almost did. <laughs> we get two or three marriages, but we're going to be a good steward over our marriage that we have now. <laughs> Are we going to be a good steward over our family, our, our, our finances? Are we going to be a good stewards, obedience, stewardship? And then last of all, I've told you the principle of reaping and sowing. And not just money. But do you realize you want a great marriage? Then you have to sow a great marriage. You don't just wake up and have a great marriage. You want to lose weight this year? Seriously, 
You've got to sow it. You don't just get to wake up and be 50 pounds lighter. You've got to work at it. If you want to be a little more sane in your head, you've got to get rid of some clutter in your life. You have to sow to reap what you want. You don't just get to have it. There it is. Obedience, stewardship, and the law of, uh, and the principle of, of sowing and reaping. Let's stand and pray today. I told you I want to close with the scripture. Can we put James chapter 1 up there, please? Just so we have it. I mentioned it and alluded to it earlier. It says, but be, uh, excuse me, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only a f- you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, I love that. If you look perfectly, I look into the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. We're going to sing this song today. We're going to want to encourage you to worship right where you're at.